Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pipkin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tom Walker. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. It's a fantastically profitable show. Last week, not one, but two winning bomb-proof trebles. Obviously, Tom, your own, so congratulations for that. And also the joint. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing to get two wins uh, last weekend. FA Cup weekend as well. We did really well there, didn't we, to get that uh, that over the line because the FA Cup can throw in a few wobbly results. But, yeah, really delighted to bring you guys two winners. Yeah, uh, hopefully some of you got on those. We will recap them in more detail later on in the show. Uh, but for now, for this week, it's pretty much your Glen Murray, meat and potatoes, bread and butter. The Premier League is back, as is full fixture list in all of the football league leagues yeah kind of back to the bread and butter really so can't wait to get started and what a better place to start than back to the premier league anything on here that you like the look of to start us off tom um i think it's worth saying as well we are recording this on the tuesday night so we've seen the tuesday night fixtures in the prem and the smattering that's in the Football League. Uh, we've not seen, obviously, the Wednesday games. So there's four Premier League games on Wednesday. But um, based on what we have seen, I'd actually look at Spurs-Newcastle. It's the 12.30. It's the first game of the weekend on the Saturday, live on Sky. I'm not interested in the result. I'm going to go for both teams to score here. It's priced at evens, which I looked at that price, and actually that's pretty decent. We've seen Spurs. There's quite a lot of negativity surrounding them now, isn't there? They've been knocked out of yeah. knocked out of two cups within the space of a week, uh, missing a lot of players, arguably two of their most important players. Uh, and then Newcastle, we've just seen them beat Manchester City. Not many people, if any, saw that one coming. So you've no. got a team struggling with Spurs, and we know they struggle at home this season as well. They've lost four games out of their 10 at home this season. So much better on the road. And they're playing a Newcastle side who you'd think, after beating the reigning champions, should be high on a bit of confidence. So, you know, both teams to score for me is the safe bet to go down because result-wise, it seems like an absolute minefield. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know how to assess the Tottenham situation. Um, I remember when Arsenal, can you remember when Arsenal used to go out of, you know, three competitions wow. in the space of a week <laughs> and it's, everyone it's used to one. laugh at them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now it's Tottenham, uh, their, their turn this year. And yeah, their squad's just not good enough, is it, to, to have, especially someone like Kane. We spoke about Lorente before. No disrespect. He seems like a model professional, but not good mm. enough um, to be a, a backup striker for a team that's supposed to be challenging for trophies. Newcastle, as you said, uh, great result in midweek. This is a free hit as well. If they get beat here, if you told Rafa Benitez, your next two games, it's Man City at home, Spurs away, you'll get three points. Oh, my. He would have snapped your hand off. So this is oh, an yeah. absolute free hit for Newcastle, which will probably, as you mentioned, result in a goal. Um Wembley will probably uh, probably be pretty jittery. Let's talk about another, uh, both teams to score, Palace-Fulham. 
This game interests me from a protein to score perspective. You've got Fulham, who just re- just secured that fantastic victory victory in midweek, four two over Brighton. Obviously, Brighton looking relatively comfortable, but still, you know, in and around the relegation scrap. So a huge win for Fulham. Uh, managed to claw somebody three points closer to them. And they obviously score four goals in the process. Scoring goals hasn't been a problem for them. Of the bottom sides, they've scored the joint most. And we've seen in years gone by, it's goals that do keep you up in the end. They were traveling to a Palace side who had a very good FA Cup victory. They are away at Southampton uh, on Wednesday night, which obviously, as Tom said, we're not sure of the result of that one as of the time of recording. But as it stands now, I think I fancy both teams to score. I think if I had to go with anyone, despite Fulham's record of zero wins, two draws and 10 defeats on the road this season, I'm starting to slide with Fulham. I just think if you have a look at Palace's top scorers, Wolf Zaha is a makeshift striker. Jordan Ayew is a makeshift striker. Of the list of the players that have scored in the Premier League, for me, there's no, not one recognised striker has got goals. And you look at Fulham, Mitrovic has got 10 on his own. And for me, Fulham have got the firepower to get the victory here. It won't be easy. Palace are tough to play against, which is why both teams to score is my overall tip as opposed to Fulham kind of on the nose. And both teams to score is four to five, which I think is a really good price. Wow, you have absolutely stuck the knife in Palace, haven't you? You were all over them last week against Spurs in the FA Cup, rightly so. <laughs> now, I was, I was, uh, I was. But I told, I, after they've just beat Spurs, um, yeah, no. One swallow doesn't make a summer for me with Fulham. No, I, I listen, would not go anywhere near Fulham. On the listen, Spurs, FA Cup, rotation, l- lacking players, lacking momentum. They were there for the taking. This is a different game because you've got a Fulham team now coming to town that are kind of bouncing. And we've seen that Palace, for numerous seasons, especially this season, they've really struggled to score goals. Really struggled. They got, they've scored the fourth least in the entire league. And as I mentioned, for me, not one natural striker has managed to score a league goal for them. So for me, it's just a different proposition. Last week, I backed Palace on, on Tottenham's weakness. This week, I'm going against them because I'm a big believer in momentum. And for me, I think Fulham, extra days rest as well for Fulham. I think they'll, they'll have the momentum. Mm, good argument, but not for me. I, I like both teams to score, but not Fulham on the nose. Fair play. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. One other game that I'd be looking at on the Saturday is Cardiff Bournemouth. And that's Cardiff to get the victory at two to one. Obviously, extremely tragic events have surrounded Cardiff uh, with Emiliano Salah obviously going missing um, over the last week or so ago. But, uh, you know, they put up a good spirited performance away at the Emirates, which is never an easy place to go. Grabbed a goal right at the end to give them a bit of a boost. Um, and something to take away from that game. And I think at home, where they're strongest, 
the atmosphere is going to be brilliant, I'm sure, at the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, Warnock's going to rally his players. We know he's so, so good at creating that siege mentality, rallying the troops and motivating them. They could be there for the taking for a Cardiff side who need to get these home victories. See, I, I get where you're coming from. I do. And, I mean, God, no, nobody wants to... I, di I didn't even you know, want to have this comparison. But when the Leicester chairman passed away, Vinci, um, Leicester did rally, ironically, at Cardiff. They did rally. And it does kind of create a bit of a, you know, it's do it for, you know, the yeah. the suf the suffered basically. And I get what you're saying. Neil Warnock in midweek did say that this was his darkest period in his career. He said some of the players have had to seek uh, mental help, and the PFA have got involved. And for me, I just feel like this is going to go one or two ways. I feel like Cardiff will rally together. They'll pick up a 2-0 victory against what is a flaky Bournemouth side, despite their good football. Or I feel like Cardiff, it, it might be a bit too much too soon and, and Bournemouth could, could rally to 3-4-5-0. I honestly feel that one of those two things are going to happen. I don't think you'll get a tight contested game. I think it will be one or the other. But I, I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I get that. And I think you, you're probably right, to be honest. It, we'll see how the emotions affect the Cardiff City players on the day. Uh, but they do need to start picking up these home victories against sides who are mid-table and below. Mm. These are the opportunities that they're going to get to pick up the three points, which are hopefully going to keep them in the league. Yeah, as it stands now, uh, Southampton have got a game in hand on them, obviously with the Wednesday game against Palace and uh, Cardiff are three points behind. So the pressure is on Cardiff to, to get some victories, but it's definitely not over. Warnock will be delighted where they are right now. So yeah, fingers yeah. crossed they can do it for Salah and obviously the, uh, the pilot as well. Let's not forget who, uh, yeah, yeah, still are missing. So yeah, thoughts go out to them. Um, let's move on to Sunday. Anything you like the look of here? It's hard to look past Man U, isn't it? Yes. It looks yes, it like is. they're going to be defeated, very surprisingly, at home to Burnley on the Tuesday night. Rallied late on, uh, two goals in the last what, seven minutes of the game to come away with an unlikely two-all draw. So that's going to feel like a victory, even though it isn't, and even though Ole's winning streak does come to an end. But yeah. the circumstances around that two-all will definitely mean that Man United maintain that momentum as if they'd won the game. Yes. Um, considering that Leicester have now lost four out of the last five games across all competitions, I think United are a very good price, really, at five to six. I think they're a great price. Shades of yeah. their Fergie time, wasn't it? And um, <laughs> when United used to do that under Ferguson, he used to be you know, celebrated like, like a victory and they would carry that momentum through and I think you're right you'll see the same same kind of influence um happen on on Saturday <clears throat> sorry on Sunday Leicester it just it just seems like I don't know what's the, what's Leicester's game with Claude Puel because 
is it because of the kind of the passing within the club? They don't want too much, you know, they don't want to disturb things too much. Perhaps it'll be, you know, maybe a bit insensitive. Try keep the group together till the summer. Try keep everyone on the same page. Already going to sack him because he's been under pressure now for what? Probably a full season, two halves of a season, I'd say. Ages. Ages. What did you say? The second half of last year and the first half of this year, he's been under pressure. Yeah. It seems like he was under real intense pressure. Then the whole tragic incident around the owner's helicopter happened. So you can't sack him straight after that. Um, No. And then once that died down a little bit, results started to tail away. Then they beat Chelsea and, and Man City in succession. And you can't sack him after that. Now, once again, results have tailed off again. He's under intense pressure. They've got Liverpool on the Wednesday night, Man United on this Saturday, and then Spurs the Sunday after that. So, you know. But can I ask if, you a question? Can I ask you a question? Forget that Leicester ever won the Premier League. You know in Men in Black, where they have that little tool and they, they shine a light in your eyes and you, your memories are raised, right? Yeah. Do, that, do that to yourself. Forget Leicester never won the league. It is, what, probably their fourth or fifth season in the Premier League since getting promoted. And they're in 10th. Where's, where's, where's the crime? Fantastic. I, I'm, I'm struggling. They're above West Ham. Yes, Leicester have got some players on high wages. There's not many teams in that bottom half or, you know, that kind of upper echelon that have players like Vardy on, I think he's on about maybe just smidge under 100 grand a week, maybe, 80. Mm-hmm. Not many teams have that kind of financial commitment, maybe just West Ham, but they're 10th. Then they're yeah. in absolutely no danger of going down. They're fight. They're winning a couple of games. They're losing a couple of games. They've got some exciting players. What what's Leicester's kind of issue? I don't, I, I'm I'm a bit confused personally. If I'd be a Leicester fan right now, I'm not sure on the style of play uh, that Puel plays. I don't watch them for ninety minutes every week, but they seem relatively decent when they're on it. And I, I just don't see the issue, personally. Me neither, to be honest. And I think it's a classic case, potentially, of be careful what you wish for, because Southampton yeah. under Puel were a good, steady, mid-table club, around 10th, like Leicester. They got rid of him. They nearly got relegated last season yeah. under Mark. So even though the style of football might not be great, they're building a good young, good young squad with an English core, which we really like as well. Um, mm-hmm. As you say, play some decent football. It seems from time to time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's you're not going to get in the top six. They're not going to do it. Um, no, so of course not. It's, it's a typical club who needs to be going all out for the cup competitions. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, but don't. but don't exactly. And yeah, that kind of final word on Leicester before this becomes the Leicester City show. I just. I just think if they never won the league, I think they'd be happy. It was the best yeah. thing that would ever happen to that club and potentially the, you know, a uh, bit of a negative as well. So 
Yeah. Uh, United yeah. for both of us, um, five to six. That should be relatively comfortable. Uh, Man City Arsenal is the other kickoff. I, I mean, I know Man City hiccuped against uh, Newcastle. For me, there's there's no way uh, that they'll they'll hiccup again against an Arsenal side who are definitely good for a goal. Let's let's not dispute that. But you know, I saw a tweet from a fan uh, the other day. I think our our friend shared it in our uh, in our WhatsApp group. Tom, just saying, can't wait for Perisic to arrive on loan and Dennis Suarez to arrive on loan, and for them to have their hands on their hips after we've conceded our sixth goal because at the back we're still hopeless. And that <laughs> that kind of summed everything up for me. I know he's going after some attacking players, and he's got his reasons for it, but they still can't defend and. Despite their loss, Mares, Jesus, Silva, Sane, Sterling, Aguero, Bernardo Silva, that De Bruyne is—it's too much for me. One to four. Have you ever seen Arsenal be nine to one against somebody? That is crazy. Nine to one for Arsenal. Insane. Um, but yeah, I, I think for this game, you've either got both teams to score at what eight to thirteen around, or you've got. Man City to win, both teams to score 13 to 10. I think you'll get both of them coming in. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll get both as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, be an interesting game to watch, anyway. Um, Monday night, West Ham, Liverpool. I want to ask you two questions. Number one, will they beat West Ham away? That's the first question. They're 4 to 11. Number two, is this the period? where Liverpool essentially win the league? Firstly, yes, I think they'll absolutely beat West Ham away. West Ham are really struggling for any sort of form at the moment, aren't they? Three losses on the spin, including conceding four goals to AFC Wimbledon. Embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. So uh, if you concede four to Wimbledon, when Liverpool come to town, the form they're in, it just spells problems. It really, really does. So yeah, Liverpool justifiably a short price there. Uh, and I do think this is also the season and the period where Liverpool press on and really win the league. If you're looking at their remaining fixtures as well, they've got Man United away, Tottenham at home, Chelsea at home. They're the last of the big clubs they've got left to play. So it's not like there's a game against Man City in there where City could potentially claw back three points on them either. So. If Liverpool win the next few games, then get through that game against Manchester United, then it's completely theirs to lose. They've got two games against the big six left, both at home, and then the rest are mid-table and below. Yeah, it is It is theirs to lose. They have everything going for them, barring a huge injury to Alisson, Van Dijk or Salah, I, I think. It honestly is the year. It honestly yeah. is. Uh, Man City is. It's hard to. It's hard to back Man City right now. They seem, you know, a little bit, a little bit off the pace and a little bit lost. And Liverpool, yeah, I agree. They'll win on Monday, and I think if they uh, win on Monday and Man City don't pick up all three points at, at home to Arsenal, it's done almost. It's it's crazy. Yeah. They haven't won it in our lifetime, but uh, yeah, they've all they've been pretty close a couple of times, and I think this year is just completely different. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add for the Premier League or shall we look at the champ? No, no, we can move on to the championship for sure. Okay, get us started then, mate. Uh, whatever you want. Take your oh, pick. Okie dokie. I think we may as well, again, address the elephant in the room. Uh, one of the most outstanding fixtures in the championship for me is the Sheffield United Bolton game. Sheffield United, they have been slightly wobbly, only one win in their last four games, uh, but that's a lot better than Bolton. They've only won one in their last... Uh, sorry, they haven't won in their last four, one in their last eight, and lost six away in a row. This is a game where Sheffield United, who are currently third, it still baffles me how they're up there, but this is the game that they turn it around get a home win. They're one to three, so we're not going to focus too much on them, but should be a routine home win. Yeah, absolutely. Millwall, playing at home to Rotherham, three o'clock kickoff. Millwall are priced at eight to 13. I like the look of that. Millwall are coming off that brilliant come from behind FA Cup victory over Premier League Everton. Um, Mm -hmm. Very strong at the den in recent weeks. Rotherham, on the other hand, have lost five out of the last six games. They had a period, did Rotherham, where they were generally playing pretty well. They've yeah. tailed off now. Uh, as I said, lost a lot of games recently. So I can, again, see Millwall continuing their strong run of form at home with the momentum they've got from the FA Cup win, getting another victory here to pull themselves away from any relegation danger. Yeah, yeah. at home they're always formidable, aren't they? Whether they're playing well or whether they're playing badly, you know when you go to Millwall you're going to get a tough game and that's not a cliche. It's been the same under a lot of managers and especially with Neil Harris now. What's that? This probably maybe is fourth season, I'd say. I guess, haven't researched it, but I'd say fourth season. He's created a real identity, especially at home. So, uh, yeah, I to- totally agree with that. Rotherham, to add, played 14 away, 1-0. A horror record. Absolute horror. Terrible. Let's have a look at two teams that are in great form. And for me, it's both teams to score shout. Bristol City, home to Swansea. Bristol City, they had a pretty poor, I'd say first, maybe third of the season. Since uh, since then, they've they've really picked up. They're actually seventh now. They're the nearest challenges to Derby for that final playoff spot. Just two points off. Swansea, they had an even worse start. They probably had a bad two-thirds. But they're even though they're in 11th and it looks like they're a long way away, they're only five points off. And that is absolutely nothing when you're in January. Nothing. They come face-to-face this weekend in Bristol for what will be a very, very good game. Swansea haven't lost in their last seven games. When you have a look at Bristol City, Bristol City's form has been absolutely electrifying. You have to go all the way back to the 24th of November for their last defeat, which was an away defeat to Leeds United. Swansea, on the other hand, have been very, very solid. As I mentioned, they haven't lost in their last seven games. Oliver McBurney is really impressive for them. 12 goals this season. For me, both teams to score is what I'm going to go for. It definitely worked in the Barry Lincoln game last week, which I tipped two teams 
you know, doing really well, forward thinking, attacking, um, that came off. So I'm hoping for the same again this time round. Um, the price, both teams to score is four to five, which I think is a wonderful little price. Yep. I like that. Bristol City aren't in cracking form. Really, really cracking oh, form. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. <laughs> but Me too. I like that shout. Good price as well. Uh, for me, I'm looking at the uh, boing, 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 boing. It's not West Brom. It's the new manager bounce. Oh. Sheffield. Oh. Sheffield Wednesday are priced at 17 to 10. And they're Ooh. away at Basement Boys Ipswich. Steve Bruce takes charge of Sheffield Wednesday officially on the 1st of February. This is his first game in charge. Sheffield Wednesday aren't setting the world alight. Let's be honest here. But. No. They've got a pretty indifferent record. In the last six games, they've won two, drawn two, lost two, which is a damn sight better than Ipswich, who have won just three games all season. They've lost seven of the last eight games with just the one win coming against Rotherham at home, who we said Rotherham haven't won a single game away from home this season. So, you know, that's as much of a given as you're going to get for Ipswich. So for me, for Wednesday, to get off to a good start under Steve Bruce, against a terrible Ipswich side is a, is a pretty good price here. Yeah, absolutely. Ipswich are one of those sides, aren't they? You look at the fixture list and you think, whoever Ipswich are playing, home or away, I kind of fancy them. That, absolutely. You know, apart from maybe, maybe Bolton, but even Bolton are five points clear of Ipswich. So, yeah, uh, whoever plays against Ipswich seems to be Big favourite. Um, I don't really have anything else. The one thing I want to have a quick look at is what I'm not sure how strong this tip is, but I do like the look of Derby away at Preston. So Derby have got a very kind of black and white away record. They've played 14, they've won six and lost six and drew two. So they're very much kind of all or nothing on the road. Preston, they average a win at probably one in every three home games. Uh, they have won their last two games in a row, but both were away from home. Their previous home games are pretty much all draws. So one all against Swansea. They did lose in the FA Cup at home to Doncaster. They then drew to Villa, lost to Hull. It's been a bit indifferent. You have to go back to the 15th of December, which is quite a few match days ago, even though it's not far calendar-wise. For their last home win, that was a 3-2 at home to Millwall. I think I fancy Derby. I don't know how strong it is. It's a Friday night, and they are very handsomely priced. They're 11-5. to Something that I am going to even throw out there as a potential is Derby to win and both teams to score. That's five to one. For mm. me, am I completely convinced that will come in? No, but I could see it happening. Derby are always good for a goal. Preston as well managed to notch a few recently, and Derby have got match winners. That's what. That's why I'm I'm swaying towards them. Mm. Yeah, they've got a very good record, haven't they? Deep down, but Preston really worry me. Um, I've backed. I've gone against them for two weeks in a row now 
uh, last week when they beat Stoke and the week before that when they beat QPR. So I'm a bit scarred by Preston. So any game involving yeah. them at the moment, I'm going nowhere near it. <laughs> I completely understand. Um, <laughs> it's just so, it's just something I saw and, you know, I, I do I do fancy Derby and I wanted to share it even as, you know, a something I'm not 100% sure about. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, that's that then for the championship for me. Shall we look at League One? Yeah, yeah, you can kick us off in League One this time around. Okay, right. We'll start with the league leaders, Luton. It seemed to me and probably to a lot of other people that when Nathan Jones left Luton to go to Stoke, they might struggle a little bit. However, they've not missed a step. They've won the three league games since his departure. Most recently on Tuesday night, winning a pulsating game against Portsmouth 3-2. This week, they go away to Shrewsbury. Never the easiest place to go, but I think Luton have got enough quality across the pitch. Uh, they're in really, really good form. At five to four, I think it's a it's a very good price for Luton to continue their winning run, uh, get a fourth win in a row, and uh, continue this good streak under the new manager. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you. It's um, it's always concerning, isn't it, when a team's doing so well and then their manager chooses to leave. It, it, it's yeah. always questionable, you know, what kind of message is that saying to the fans and the, and the team, but. They really rallied, and Nathan Jones now is, honestly, he's probably just a distant memory. The new manager, you know, Mick Harford right now is the interim manager, and he says he doesn't want it full-time, but he's just kind of, you know, ticking along, doing his thing. Oh, he, he, over. He, he, I bet deep down he wants this full-time. You can see how you well reckon? he's doing. Yeah. If, if you start winning games... You start getting lots of adjuration from fans and the players, and the players, you know, you're going to want to stay on, surely. He's already surely. a legend there, isn't he? They yeah. already absolutely love him there. So, yeah, this is probably only strengthening that. So, hey, watch yeah. this space. Who knows, Tom? Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, Luton, credit to them, credit to Harford. They're doing really, really well. And, yes, I think they will get the victory at Shrewsbury, despite you mentioning, you know, it's pretty tough. I feel like all I'm doing is tipping home favourites that are absolutely <laughs> horrific prices. But I'm just going to very quickly talk about Sunderland. Sunderland have got Wimbledon at home. Wimbledon are looking certainties for the drop. Eight points adrift. They do have a game in hand, but eight points adrift. It's, it's looking pretty, pretty horrendous. Sunderland, they need to get some wins going. Uh, they do have two games in hand on Portsmouth, who are holding that last. Uh, automatic spot right now and Sunderland needs to put some pressure on. They are horrendously priced at three to five and I think, you know, obviously it's worth saying that they'll get the home win. Yeah. Um, AFC Wimbledon obviously got that massive result against West Ham in the FA Cup. When you get yeah. a result like that, there's only one way. Down. Down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's true. It's true. They... We've seen it before, haven't we? They they kind of forget about the league. It's a free hit. There's no pressure. But, you know, ultimately back to the bread and butter of League League One football. And, yeah, they they don't look equipped, it's fair to say. No, absolutely not. So I've got one more 
for League One that I kind of like the look of. It's a little bit looser than the rest. And it's Peterborough to win at home to Plymouth. Peterborough priced at 8-11. to 11. Currently sat in sixth, just inside the playoffs by one point. Darren Ferguson has taken over Peterborough for what seems like the 20th time. Oh, after they, so, after so they, ridiculous. Yeah, after they sacked Steve Evans uh, last week. I'm not quite sure on the reasons why they sacked Steve Evans. I've not looked into it, but he had them in sixth in the league. I don't know how much more they're expecting from him. I don't know. It might be a bit of a strange decision, but, you know, Darren Ferguson's come in. He knows the club. And they got a late, late equaliser on the Tuesday night in his first game in charge away at Bristol Rovers. Uh, they come up against the Plymouth side, who don't travel very well at all, to be honest. Away at Wickham last week, where they lost 1-0. Uh, they got the 20th worst away record in the league. Uh, just won three of their 15 games. Conceded 26 goals, which is one of the worst in the division. So, for me, again, the new manager bounce... Peterborough could see them get three points. Yes, I am just having a look now at a a bit of an article just to try and help us understand, you know, what's what's kind of happening at, at Peterborough. Yeah. And uh, the Peterborough Telegraph have reported that the owner, Dara McAntony, is tight-lipped, uh, has not said anything about why Steve Evans was sacked and replaced with Darren Ferguson almost immediately. Three wins in the last 13 League One games appeared to make the club hierarchy a bit twitchy. Understandable, not a good run, but still in sixth, as you mentioned. Darren Ferguson has delivered three promotions, but his last one was eight years ago. Yeah, it seems a bit of an odd one, and even the trustworthy Peterborough Telegraph seems to be a bit confused. So, yeah, a bit of a mystery. But, yeah, good call there. For me, honestly, I feel like every other game could be... It could go absolutely any way, really. Um, a little bit of a word of warning. Not, not a word of warning, but I feel like a lot of people may look at the um, league table on Saturday when they're picking their Ackers, look at Barnsley, see them at home to Scunthorpe. Barnsley are 4-11. to 11. For me, the way Scunthorpe are playing at the moment, they've really picked up a, some very good form. That is a horrific price. I know Barnsley are unbeaten at home this season, but you can't be backing uh, Barnsley at that kind of price against a Scunthorpe team that have won um, three away from home, their last three games away from home. And they've really kind of found their feet at the moment. You have to go back to uh, Boxing Day for their last league defeat. So, just a word of warning there. Yeah, very wise. Stuart McCall's come in, done a great job. Yeah. Uh, league two then. Anything standing out for you? Let's talk about Notts County, right? Oh, God, I can't wait. Yeah, let's... Okay. Profit Chase has put the kettle on. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I can't, I can't wait to stick the knife in. So, you go first. Lincoln, who... I'm absolutely tipping price at 8 to 11 <laughs> for the win here. This has got to be surely one of the most surefire bets of the week. It's a shame to see a club with such a proud history and heritage being thrown into, <laughs> into such 
turmoil and disarray and, pub and public embarrassment by their absolute buffoon of an owner getting his knob out <laughs> on social media. Like, you We've spoken a lot on the podcast about Alan Hardy, how he needs to get off Twitter, shut up, and just get on with his job and running the club properly because they're in real danger of going down to uh, the National League for the first time in their history. And what does he do? Screenshots a troll's tweet, accidentally also posts other photos on his camera roll along with that screenshot, which one of them is a picture of his tackle. And then later on that day, puts the club up for sale. You know, you can't make it up. It's it's a absolute farce. Doesn't help their situation whatsoever. It's going to have a knock-on effect on fans, manager, players, and, you know, top of the league, Lincoln are coming to town and they're going to get beat. It is completely embarrassing. Okay, so yeah. in football... There is a perception that foreign owners sometimes take over teams, run clubs into the ground. That is, is a perception, whether you think it's right or wrong, that is unfortunately a little bit of a reputation that foreign owners have. This guy is Nottingham born and bred. Yes, he had an amazing 18 months. He, they kept knots up against all the odds and he nearly got promoted. Twitter is not, for me, it's not a tool for people to be using when they're in a position of like prestige or a position of power, especially if you, especially if you use it in a reckless and kind of, do you, do you know what, Tom? I feel like Alan Hardy is the kind of guy that would do that on purpose for a social media reaction. Or a little bit of kind of publicity. I feel like he loves he loves himself more than the club, and yeah. the fact that he's put them up for sale. I mean, come on! How stupid do you have to be to upload that picture? If you haven't seen it, profit chasers, just type in Alan Hardy Dick on Twitter. It will come up, no problem. It is so obvious. It's not even someone. No one's eagle-eyed. It's embarrassing. I feel like part of me feels like he's done it on purpose for a bit of publicity. I don't know, but Surely listen, not. I, I, not. Mate, you tell me, you tell me, but I've, I've mentioned for months and months that he needs to get off Twitter or use it in the correct manner. He can't be yeah. trusted with it. He's like a kid in a sweet shop. Now the club's up for sale. They're facing almost certain relegation. They are eight points adrift with a game in hand. They've conceded 60 goals. They're on their third manager of the season. What a joke. Notts County, biggest joke in English football right now. Lincoln, yeah. 8 to 11, banker. Absolute banker. Yeah, completely. Pathetic. Agree. Absolutely <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> um,. So Notts County have conceded the second most goals in the entire Football League pyramid. Only Rochdale are worse than them. So, yeah, Lincoln, who do have a habit of scoring plenty of goals, they scored three against Berry last week away. And Berry is second in the league, or they were at the time of playing the game. So Notts County, 
hopeless. No chance. You could handicap this all day, I think. Minus <laughs> all one, day. Minus two. All day. It's a complete it's a complete farce and an absolute joke. So yeah, Notts County are gonna get absolutely pummeled and I, I actually can't wait to watch that happen, to be honest. <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I can't wait. Let's stay in Nottinghamshire then. Let's have a look at Mansfield. So Mansfield on Saturday managed to get a very good 3-0 home win over Tranmere. They then went away at fourth place, Forest Green, managed to get a 1-1 creditable draw. They are at home to Sol Campbell's Macclesfield. I didn't even mean to do that. That's like Frank Lampard's Derby County, isn't it? (laughs) Sol Campbell's Macclesfield. (laughs) Bloody hell. The Silk Men are probably raging that their club's been rebranded. But anyway, (laughs) they, uh, yes. So Mansfield at home to Sol Campbell's Macclesfield. Uh, Mansfield unbeaten their last four games. Tyler Walker, 15 goals this year. George Grant, we mentioned what a great signing that was. He's managed to register three goals in four games uh, from the wing. He's been absolutely fantastic. And despite the fact that Macclesfield have been decent, uh, they have won two of their last three games. They have been a little bit patchy as well recently. The 3-2 defeat away at Cheltenham does not bode well for an away trip to Mansfield. Mansfield are priced at 9-20. to And for me, I think Mansfield are looking incredibly strong for automatic promotion now. Four points clear of Forest Green. Yeah, massively. I completely agree. Uh, looking very, very strong for it. Another team who is looking strong for automatic promotion is Berry. Probably, apart from Lincoln and possibly Mansfield, the banker of the weekend in League Two for me, uh, four to nine to get the victory at home to Crawley. Price is expected, not great. However, I'd probably push the boat out quite a bit here. And I'm looking at Berry to score over 2.5 goals. That's priced at two to one. That seems Ooh. like a lot of goals, but in five of the last six games, they've scored three or more, including the last four home games in a row. So that's four home games in a row, uh, three against Crew, four against MK Dons, five against Oxford, and three against Lincoln. So scoring plenty of goals past plenty of good teams. Um, you can also add to that four away at Accrington in the Football League Trophy if you want to that uh, run of last six games so yeah full of goals Crawley don't threaten anybody really uh, especially on the road they have a pretty poor away record one of the worst in the division so yeah for me Barry to get another resounding victory yeah absolutely I, I, I remember doubting them at the start of the season lots of kind of big names but I, I honestly didn't think that they would uh, they would pull it together, in all honesty. I felt yeah. like their average age was absolutely sky high. And I, I firmly believe that it's probably one of the highest in the league. But they're obviously doing really, really well. Um, and like you said, they are looking good for automatic promotion. And yeah, to beat a Crawley team, which, as you mentioned, just who who do they threaten? 
nobody. 16th, not going down, not going up. Just January already, and they can't wait for the season to end. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. no no danger there. For me, I don't know about you if you've got anything else in League 2, but I'm actually struggling for League 2. Um, all the other games, to me, seem a little bit tight. Yeah, that's all for me as well. Let's recap last week's winning on Proof Trebles. Even though, well, I did contribute to a winner. Um, you did, joint, yeah. But I love this bit when we can read these out. We know we've got some winners. I'm not going, my team conceded four goals. My team conceded four goals. <laughs> like I have been for the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> but for my own special bomb-proof fourfold, it was so good. Um, we started off with Swansea. They won 4-1 against Gillingham. He also had Villa. They beat Ipswich 2-1 at Villa Park. I also had Barnsley, and they beat Rochdale 2-1. However, Wolves could not get the job done at Shrewsbury. It was 2-2, and unfortunately, the inaugural bomb-proof fourfold did not win. However, yeah. however, it was very close, and it deserved it. And of all yes. teams, it cost it. It would be the Premier League team, wouldn't it? I know. What, a, what an absolute joke. Portuguese players don't care about the FA Cup, Tom. That's what I've learned. <laughs> right. However, let's move on because we did have two winners. Let's start off with mine, which was a lovely little winner. I had Accrington Stanley against Derby, the early kickoff. Derby managed to win 1 0. He also had the three o'clock kickoff, Mansfield against Tranmere, and Mansfield ran out 3 0 winners. And we also had Berry and Lincoln, both teams to score. It only took 15 minutes of the game to be both teams to score. And uh, the game ended 3 3. So it's about as comfortable as you can get for a both teams to score. So that was a winner winner chicken dinner. And uh, that also meant. We had a winner for the joint bomb-proof treble. So to recap that one, from my treble, we had Barnsley and we had Swansea. Yeah, and we had the Berry Lincoln both teams to score game again. So yeah. another victory. I just, oh man, I love it when stuff comes together like this. Yeah, so uh, seven bomb-proof treble tips we read out last week. Six winners, and then obviously Wolves were the only one to let us down with their draw. So overall, a highly successful and profitable weekend. Absolutely. Loved it. Um, so if you are new to the show and you're wondering, what on earth is a bomb-proof treble? So this is the part of the section, if you haven't guessed already, where me and Tom, we draw on all of our research, all of our knowledge, all of our general gut feeling. We put it together in... Uh, three trebles we pick one each and then we have a joint treble hopefully we can deliver some profit this week and follow up from the double win last week so tom feel free to kick us off my friend what do you have for us this week okay so for my treble it's going to be called uh, the automatic high this is Ooh. three teams across the football league who are channeling their inner s club Eight, I want to say that is. <laughs> it, 
<laughs> um, so we're going to go for Sunderland at home to AFC Wimbledon, priced at three to five. Then to drop down into League Two, Berry at home to Crawley, priced at four to nine. And finally, Lincoln away at Notts County, priced at eight to eleven. And the treble pays three to one. So as an example, ten pound stake would return forty pounds back. Um, Beautiful. So three there, all going for automatic promotion in their respective divisions. Yeah, absolutely. Should be three victories there without question. That is a very, very strong treble on paper, it has to be said. Okay, so I will read out a treble of my own. I am going to follow the trend of what won me uh, money last week, which was two on-the-nose results and a both teams to score. So we'll start off with the uh, two on the nose. We're going to go for Mansfield. Uh, they're at home to Sol Campbell's Macclesfield, <laughs> nine to twenty <laughs> for the Yellows. We're going to go for Millwall. They're at home to Rotherham. They're priced at eight to thirteen. And then we're also going to go for Bristol City and Swansea. Both teams to score. That price is four to five. So it's three point two one to one. So £10 on would return you 42 back. Yeah, lovely little treble again there. Two home favourites that should definitely win. And then in Bristol City and Swansea, you've got two teams who are forward thinking, uh, involved usually in plenty of goals. So, yeah, again, another strong treble. So how are we going to pick a joint from this one? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to champion Mansfield. They were unfortunate not to be on the joint last week, and they won 3-0. I think from my treble, they can be trusted the most. Mm. Okay. Um, Are you not I'm convinced? Def- yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm convinced. I'm just thinking about payout. But um, I was going to champion Berry at home to Crawley, and then... Lincoln away at Notts County. Um, it does leave us with an all League Two treble. Uh, <laughs> actually, the top three in League Two all to win. So that's a, that's a first this season. Yeah. Shall we go with that? The top yeah, three let's go with that. Total it up. Total it up. It's not going to be so, yeah, sky return, high. Yeah, the return isn't isn't fantastic. To be honest, it's two point seven to one. So. You know, a tenner on gets 37 back, for example. So. Yeah, well, it's three to one. Three to one, I'd take that. Yeah, yeah, just under just under three yeah. to one. Um, but again, three teams who we definitely think should all win. So why not? Absolutely. Money. There's no point, no point lobbing in a five to one just to get the, uh, the returns up. Let's, we deal in winners, so let's get a winner. Yeah. Absolutely. Spot on. Um, so that is everything betting wise. Now we usually look at fantasy football, however, because it was FA Cup last weekend, there were no updates to fantasy football. So Chris Hindle is still top of the league with Chindle's Champs. If you do want to join fantasy football, you can still join. The league code will be in the description of the podcast. Uh, £20 free bet on offer for the winner. So if you're not in the league and you're doing really well in your own private leagues, Come and join us because there's a great chance you could be picking up a £20 free bet from the end of the season. 
Yes, you certainly will join above me anyway, because I'm an absolute <laughs> joke. Okay, let's talk about social media. So if you want to connect with us after the show, you can do so on social media. It is 2019 after all. We are on Twitter, T underscore FB podcast. We're also on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash football betting podcast. And you can also email us with any inquiries, questions, or ideas. Football betting podcast at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed the show, guys, the best thing you can do for us is to rate and review on iTunes. So just go on. It'll take literally like a minute of your time, even 30 seconds if you were to do a rating. Search for our podcast. Leave us preferably five-star rating. We'd love that. Absolutely. That is the best way to kind of uh, tip us, basically. That's what it's like, isn't it? It's like tipping a waitress. So, yeah. yeah. If you could uh, if you could tip us, guys, by leaving that review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Until then, it's pretty much happy profit chasing from us. Pretty much. So, obviously, do keep up the interaction on social media. Like Tom says, we really appreciate everyone who does get in touch throughout the week and at the weekend. Uh, if you do win bets this weekend, please do show us your slips and let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Got a great slip on uh, on Facebook gentleman uh kind of made his own treble out of our tips and managed to win himself about 50 quid or so so beautiful to see that thank you very much for sharing yeah absolutely uh so thanks for listening as well guys and we shall see you same time again next week thank you guys take care